Hey guys, welcome back to the Further Up, Further In podcast. We're going to be talking about Hebrews 5 today, and I've got my friends Abby and Caitlin with me. Hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, and we're super excited about it. Um, but yeah, we were just talking about literally like just a second ago how as we're going into Hebrews 5, we, we want to make sure that we're bringing the last chunk of Hebrews 4 with us, um, and we want to make sure we're remembering all that the writer of Hebrews has said up until this point. We don't want to go into it blindly. Um no, we want to keep remembering this Jesus, this high priest, um, mm-hmm. especially as we learn more about mm-hmm. high priests and where they come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and right there at the end, is especially what we're talking about is 14 through 16. And um, we're talking about Jesus who like lets us hold fast to our confession of faith, who can sympathize with our weakness. Mm-hmm. And in every way as we're tempted, he was tempted, but succeeded where we failed. And so it's like then because of that, we confidently draw near to the throne of grace that we receive what we do not deserve and like what we could never ask for or hope for. So in light of that, we are, we've been talking about how when we look here in the beginning of five and verses one um, through four, it talks about how God appoints these high priests. And that's something that we were just able to find rest in because it's not in the strength of man that a man is appointed a priest. Because if he was appointed, then it would just be like, okay, I'm really strong and I'm really good. And therefore I'm able to sit here and be a priest. So I don't really understand why you're struggling. Yeah. Um, and so we are just talking about like the joy and maybe you could talk about that Caitlin a little bit like the joy of knowing there's a priest who like sympathizes with us yeah my favorite verse is verse 2 it says and he is able to deal gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weaknesses mm-hmm. and I think that that just gives me so much peace and how like the end of verse 4 says approach boldly to the throne like yeah. I can approach boldly because I know that God understands what I'm going through and he is going to deal gently with me mm-hmm. and he understands my weaknesses because he's been through the same things yeah, yeah. It's also too like I just I want to give credit where credit is due like I want to be reminded that Jesus is credible it's not he was God so of course he knew how to do with these things and he didn't struggle with all no like he was he allowed himself to be associated with weakness you know like like he is credible in that yeah when it's talking about here like um, and here it's talking about the pre- like the high priest, and so it's like because of this in verse three, he's obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, mm-hmm. um, and just that idea that like like Christ's sacrifice like was never for his own sin, like mm-hmm. there was never one part of it that he was like I have to do this, like all of this was like him fully submitting to the will of God, which I think is so important for the next chunk that we're about to talk about Mm -hmm. um and like in verse five it says like so also christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest Mm -hmm. but was appointed by him Mm -hmm. um and caitlin and i were just talking about earlier like how that reminds us of philippians 2 yeah philippians 2 talks about how god jesus didn't think that it was worth considering his equality with god because he is equal with god but Mm -hmm. he humbled himself and he came to earth and he lived life like a man so that he could better understand what we go through as humans right and just like that, because he was willing to humble himself and come down, God considered him worthy of being made our high priest. Mm. And because of his humanity, he was appointed high priest for us. Like if yeah. he hadn't come down to be human and understand and go through those temptations and those trials, then he wouldn't be as qualified as he was to be our high priest. Wow. That's just cool. Just even yeah. thinking of like like God choosing Christ. Yeah. He wanted to make sure that he appointed someone that was credible for us. Yeah. He didn't want to choose yeah. someone that wouldn't know, you know, how to sympathize with yeah. us. So even God's yeah. selection of Jesus is God caring for us. Yeah, and how it's like, it says, like, today you're my son. Like, you're my son today, I've begotten you. You're a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And 
We'll come back to Melchizedek, and also like Melchizedek comes up so much yeah, later that like we're gonna seven. yeah, yeah. That we're gonna talk about him a whole lot later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but one mm-hmm. of the things that he's talking about is like this idea that like if like sometimes when I think about salvation, I'm like, yes, Jesus had to come. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but it's like no, like he had to come so that like he could make the sacrifice for mankind, mm-hmm. like yeah. not just to like cover it, but like as a man, he was able to like take the seat of high priest that God had offered. And so when God created the seat of high priest, like he did it. And I'm sure it was this beautiful moment, but it was also, it could have been this like sorrowful moment when he like knew that like the ultimate fulfillment of this, like would be his son, like being sacrificed. And so it's like cool. Just even thinking about, um, at our church here in Auburn, we've been reading through like part of the old Testament. We've we've been, we've read all the way through Genesis and it's just like beautiful. Like every time you see like God talk about this covenant, I'm like, yes, that is cool. But like when God reminds Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and every single other descendant who just screws it all up of his covenant, like he's remembering and knowing because time is weird for God. He created it like (laughs) in that moment. Like he also understands that this isn't just like someday I'll do this. Like he's already thinking about it with the pain that is associated with it for him. And it's like cool that like God is willing to go through something painful every time to remind Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, like I will be near and like, I will fulfill this. And it's like, mm-hmm. what a sweet, kind and gracious God we have. Who's willing to remember and think about and consider the painful things when really, whenever there's something painful in my life, I just try and ignore it and like push it to the side. Right. And it's like, no, he was willing to consider it again and again and again and again and again. And it's also too, like we, we hear high priest and we see that in the old Testament or we see like kind of roles like that in like mm-hmm. medieval movies and yeah, we yeah, yeah. just think of like, Oh, this is what a place of honor, you yeah, know? And yeah. we just like have it in such high esteem, which I, I think it should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, dang, the whole reason that role is created was because of how much we suck. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the whole reason there needs to be a place of honor is because <laughs> we're so dishonorable, Yeah. yeah. which is just crazy. Mm. it's interesting like this next section um going into like talking about jesus suffering um i think i mentioned this before i've been listening to these jen wilkin podcasts on it um and so i'm gonna like quote a few things that are hers just gonna go ahead and put that out there if any of you (laughs) listen to them you're gonna hear some familiar things they're good um but it's talking about like how in verse like seven through 14 like christ's suffering and like we'll obviously get into this more um but it's like um, this idea, like when Christ is suffering and like when he's like offering up these prayers and supplications and when he was hurt, like all these different things. He's a son. He was the great high priest. One of the things that she keeps talking about, she has these statements that she says, like, if Jesus is this, then I am this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I really love that. Like, I love how it like first off talks about Jesus, but she also is like, OK, like we can say how Jesus is Emmanuel. He's the prince of peace. But like so often like in our selfishness like we can like sit and only focus on what we are but also like we need to be self-conscious in the fact that it's like i need to know who jesus is so i can make some absolutely true statements about myself from those things that are not shakable and so it's like because when we give ourselves those hard lines that we can't cross like if jesus is sympathetic then he is with me in all of these things Mm -hmm. and like that's the thing that she said if jesus is sympathetic then he is with me and so if he's this high priest who was appointed by god God appointed Jesus to be with me. And like now it's like, well, I want Jesus to be next to me. But it's like, no, like he has appointed the Holy Spirit, which it says in scripture is better than if Jesus were next to me. And Kayla and I have been talking about this a lot. Like if Jesus going back was better for the spirit to come and somehow that is better for me, then 
I know that I'm not living to my fullest right now. Yeah, like, if in yeah. some way, like, I'm not living life with the Spirit in the way yeah. that, like, Jesus intended it. If I'm having, like, these trials and these hardships and I'm thinking, man, if like, it would, if you here. were here, if yeah. I'm thinking those thoughts, I am not viewing the Spirit in truth. I'm yeah. not remembering the Spirit yeah. for who He is. We don't give Him enough credit. Exactly. And so even just with this, like, if G- like so Jesus going through all the suffering, doing all these different things, like... Jesus was separated from God. Like, Jesus was separated from God at some point in this time when he was suffering. And, like, she just made that point, like, so that we would never have to know separation from him in our suffering. Mm-hmm. So that, like, we would never have to have that spirit taken from us when Jesus says, like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so not only was he given the highest place of honor, like, and we read that throughout Hebrews where it's like, he's above the angels and da 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 but he also was given the lowest place of humility, like, the most shameful place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in Christ being the highest and in him being the lowest like he was able to like fully understand the human experience and like sympathize with everyone and i was like my mind is blown well that's just even crazy i'm just like i was thinking while you were talking in in that phrase of like my god my god why have you forsaken me and jesus said that and it was true Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so i can say that all i want to like Mm -hmm. i can feel that but there is never a moment that i can say that where that is actually true of me yeah yeah um which is wild. Yeah. Preach it. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, so like that's when we get into like in verse 7, it says like in the days of his flesh. So like when Jesus was a man, he offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. So the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. And he was heard because of his reverence. Mm-hmm. Um, and just something that like we were talking about earlier was this idea that like, he was heard because of his reverence. Like, in that reverent moment was still him being like, take this cup from me. Yeah. Like, but what was reverent was him saying, like, not my will, but yours. Yeah. And so, like, he was able to be like, no, I don't want this. Like, take this from me. Like, please, if there is any other way. But, like, in, like, all of that, there was no sin right. in Jesus, like, being like, I don't like this. Yeah, but, and even his reverence in being willing to be honest with the yeah. Father. Like, yeah. like, it's almost like yeah. we, we honor our father as his children as being willing to vulnerably come to him Mm. like that shows more honor than withholding myself yeah Yeah. sometimes i think we can pray and ask like hey god will you please let me like do this well and i know i'm going through this challenge like help me to suffer well when honestly i want to be praying like take this away from me right now but i think what god wants to hear is me like asking for him to help me yeah (laughs) through it but he wants me to be vulnerable with him and ask what i really want well it's just like he already knows and so like like we talked about that last time he already knows and so how much more honored is he going to be if he knows that i'm speaking truth rather than like lying to him yeah. to save face mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and also when i speak honestly with someone is when they re- is when they are able to speak honestly back to me yeah. yeah like and so me being honest and vulnerable with the father it gives him like he doesn't need the space but i've made space in my heart to be like i'm being raw and he's like i got a like i got a solution for that yeah. like i have a truth that like lays comfort on top of that raw hurting wound mm-hmm. like so let me like so be real with me so that i can be real with you yeah. um and that's like honestly like that's going into the next section um which i know we're kind of jumping around um but like this is just too good of a tie. Um, it talks about, like, later, like, this needing milk and not solid food from suffering. Right. Um, 
And so he says, um, like, about this we have much to say, all the way down to verse 14. Um, he says, like, you should have been teachers, but you need someone to teach you. Like, again, the basic principles. And we've talked about this a few different chapters. Like, okay, like, you should have had these things by now. Like, yeah, let's keep yeah. going. And it's not to their shame. Like, he's not saying this to be like, oh, he's saying this to be like, stand up and put on your big girl panties. Yeah. And, like, let's do something together. Well, um, it's, it's me and a couple of girls were talking last week in the... Uh, we were just talking, you know, like if you if you had an infant and you tried to give an infant a piece of broccoli, oh no, they would choke and die. Yeah, and so like we've we've got to. I don't make even sure. think they'd get to the choking part. I just think they taste <laughs> they broccoli taste and it die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but no, like we've we've got to. There's got to be some kind of transition phase yeah. for the yeah. sake of our health. But also for the sake of our joy, yeah. like we think about how many how many foods. If we're gonna stick with the food yeah. analogy, that we taste that are good yeah. that we just appreciate yeah. that we'll never get to if yeah. we don't move on to solid food. And so, even you know, taking that analogy and applying it to spiritual things, we have got to make sure we get the basics that like we understand in the context of Hebrews chapter one who Jesus is, chapter two what He's done for us, who we are in light of that before we move on to these other things. So that one, our faith doesn't just choke and die, but so that two, we get the full joy of moving on. Yeah. And, and and it's not like it's not like when you're a baby and you move on from milk to solid food, you leave milk behind. Yeah. There's still milk in everything. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so we're not just leaving behind the character of Christ. We're taking that with us. But there, yeah. there's so much more that's yeah. coming in because of that. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to no, you good. steal your show. Um one of the other things that we we're talking about, um when it says, like, you need milk, keep going with that, like, you need milk, not solid food. He's like, okay, like, we need to keep building for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. And, like, that word of righteousness is, like, talking about, like, being made clean, like, sanctification, Jesus. Like, these are, like, the basics of mm-hmm. our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, like, unskilled in the word of righteousness. Um, and it's like, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Um And so it's one of those things where it's like, you're sitting here and he's talking about like, okay, I'm referencing the suffering that we've just talked about. I'm referencing the suffering that Jesus had like on the cross in the garden of Gethsemane and like how he like was heard because of his reverence and it was hard and it was tough. But like the only way that he made it was because he knew solid food. And like um, Caitlin and I are talking about how in James 1 it talks about in James 1 verses 2 through 8 I won't read the whole thing um, but I will reference it so y'all go back and read it um, he's talking about like when you have trials like you consider it all joy and like the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing and then he says if you lack wisdom ask for it and he's like ask in faith without doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind um, and that is a double minded man unstable in all of his ways um, and it's like, that is just some of the same things that they're talking about here and that they talked about in Hebrews too, where it's like, yeah. if you don't get these things, you ain't going to like be stable. And yeah. I was just thinking like, there's so many parts of my heart where I doubt that are unstable. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like yeah. one, like I could have a like day with a bunch of a million hard things in these 10 areas of my life. But once this one area of my life has something bad happen, it could ruin a perfectly good week yeah. and it could ruin a perfectly good day. Yeah. And it could like become my determining factor because like in that area that I'm doubt and I'm yeah. a child. Yeah. And um, as I was listening to that, uh, Jen Wilkins, uh, 
podcast, she was talking to a bunch of moms and she got some mom wisdom that we don't have. Um, <laughs> and so she was saying about how like, she's like, okay, ladies, like what is the thing that when your kid starts eating solid food, like what happens? And they're like, they grow and they sleep. And she was like, yes. And I was like, they sleep. What does that mean? She's like, that solid food like weighs them down and gives them rest. And like their body like rests more and they sleep all night because of this solid food that they have in their body. She's like, and then because they're resting, they grow. And I was like, oh, my mind is blown. My mind is totally 100% blown right now. Like, I don't know all the science behind this, but as she was talking, I was like, that makes sense. Like, when do kids experience spurt growths? Like, when, like, spurts of growth? <laughs> that was weird. Um, um, when do, like, kids, it's like when they're eating a ton and sleeping a ton. So teenagers, when they sleep a ton and when they eat a ton, they grow. Yeah. Babies, when they sleep a ton and when they eat a ton, they grow. I was like, everything makes sense. The world makes sense. Everything comes together. Like, yeah. this is clear. And God's like, when you receive my solid food, like, you rest and you grow. But you have to receive it and accept it. And that means you got to eat it and, like, digest it and, like, let it work its way through your system. I, it's just, it's so cool even hearing you say that. Like, like... <clears throat> None of this stuff is a coincidence. You know, no. like we read chapter no. 2, verse 1, where it's like, remember Jesus so that you don't drift. And, you know, next week we're going to get into, you, you know, and you talked about just like doubting and being tossed by the mm-hmm. sea, right? So like what keeps yeah. us from doubting? Remembering Christ, just yeah. like we've talked about here. But we're going to talk about next week when we get into chapter 6, it says that we have this hope for the soul, right? Like secure, steadfast. What is it? It's an anchor. What do anchors do? They keep you from drifting. And yeah. and how does that happen? It comes through remembering. It's when we've been, you know, we've been given this anchor when we become a child. But even when you're talking about eating solid food, what does the solid food do? Like it weighs them down. Yeah. It also weighs you down an anchor. Yes, exactly. It's oh. um, insane. And it's like one of those things where it's like, he says like, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And that means we live in this world and in this life where we are distinguishing things that are good or evil. And this is something that we've talked about a lot. I'm totally monologuing this whole time. It's, it's great. Um, but like, Caitlin and I are learning a lot. We are. Um, But it's one of those things where it's like God had like we have been given the choice to look at something and acknowledge whether it is good or evil. But I don't have any kind of authority or power to determine what is good or evil. And it's like when Jesus was in the garden and he was like sitting here saying like, take this cup from me. Like, this is not right. This doesn't feel right. And God's like, no, it doesn't feel right. You're in a broken world. But I have said that this is good for now, that you would die this death. And that's going back to what it says earlier, like. Um, he was able to save him from death in verse seven. Like you need to die to this earthly body so that I will relieve you of this human flesh and like bring you to a place where you do not know death anymore. Yeah. 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 And like through that, like God has said what is good and what is evil. And I, if I ask for wisdom, like it says in James one, like he will give it to me and wisdom is discernment. And then with that, I can say with God, you have said this is good. So I will receive it and find rest in your judgment. And I mean, that just like builds off of what we were talking about with Hebrews four last week of like God has never called us to to be in the role of judging if something's yeah. good or bad. Like yeah. He does that, yeah. and we can rest in it. And resting comes from following His judgment, even when that's in things like suffering and trials yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. You just keep referencing that verse in James, and it makes me think of the verses in Second Peter where it lists like in sequence the traits that you gain. So like with knowledge, endurance, and endurance, and yeah. godliness, and godliness, with brotherly love, and that comes with love for everyone. Yeah. And I just love, like, thinking about 
growing like that, growing in sequence and having it listed out, like these are the things that you will get by diving into me and into a relationship with yeah. me and trusting in me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's also how he created our bodies <laughs> in the world to go like that list in Second Peter, like kind of makes sense with what you know of humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and in within Christ and within the spirit, like we super broke and outside of that. <laughs> um, but like, just kind of what you're saying, like that makes sense with how like all these things I believe about my body. I'm like, yes, when a teenager like is sleeping a ton, he's growing 12 inches. Like, yes, when he eats all this food, like when my brother ate us out of house and home, like he was six feet by the sixth grade. He was growing <laughs> oh so gosh. much. And yeah. he, ate, he had a bag of potato chips that or like tortilla chips, a five pound bag that was sit under his bed and his arms were long <laughs> enough that he just would reach under the bed and grab a handful and eat. And he was eating so much and he's putting on so much muscle and he was growing and he just was like everything that he was consuming. He was running track. He was like playing soccer. He was playing basketball. Like it was being turned into muscle. Cause he was also like that athlete. And we're going to see later in Hebrews where it's like run the good race. Right. Where it's like he was taking that weight and wasn't just like packing it on. He was like putting it to good use right. by saying like, you know, it's good for me to go on a run. Yeah. I should probably take his advice. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like he was putting on that weight of that meat and like putting it to good use and saying like yeah this is good this is not good I'm gonna go after that and like my body will become stronger and I will sleep harder at night because I'm doing these things that yeah. have been said to be good yeah mm, that's cool that makes me want to read my bible right now <laughs> you, you have it you can do that um you just want to check out and just start reading yeah exactly okay can I- yeah, <laughs> uh, a few more minutes. I'll be reading. I, I think one more thing that we just want to remember as we're doing this is we've we've made it a big deal as we've gone through this that everything builds on top of each other yeah. as it should. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't move on to these other things until we understand who Christ is, what He's done for us, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even true in the context of chapter five. Like it can be really easy to get to the end of it and and see you know where where it says in verse eleven you have become dull of hearing. Yeah, and, and see where it's like you ought to be teachers like you need someone to teach you and it it can kind of feel like a slap in the face right where it's like solid foods for the mature and like but we read in verse two just like you read earlier like christ is one that deals gently with us and so somehow verses 11 all the way to the beginning of chapter six fit into christ dealing gently with us like like Christ is for our rest. He's for our deliverance. He's for our joy. We've already established all of these things so far in the book of Hebrews. And so let's let's not lose that. Well, and like, why is he for those things? Because he lived in our earthly body that mm-hmm. didn't know rest and deliverance. And he's like, that sucks. I know how it stinks. So let me go back to that. And this is what, like, you were talking, Caitlin, earlier about the, like, although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And that idea of Jesus, like, learning something is like contrary to us but it's also like okay but he was learning what it meant to choose obedience and suffering and Mm -hmm. that had never been anything he experienced like he knew it but he came down here to experientially learn what it meant to be a child of god choose before he had never had to choose to obey god because he was god but once he was put in an earthly body and given that choice Mm -hmm. he had to learn how to like choose that Mm -hmm. be decisive and know right and wrong and be able to discern between it yeah yeah that's cool yeah it is cool it's cool just thinking about how um god in his like goodness and his justice and all these different things like appointed jesus to come to know to fully understand to suffer in the garden so that like we can read about how like in being made perfect he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him Mm -hmm. being designated by god a high priest after the order of melchizedek and like 
he became perfect through death and like mm-hmm. became like perfect through leaving that human body behind um which he already was perfect but like the his body was broken like um not yeah. by his own sin but because he was born of a woman yeah. um and so um dang women yeah women we messing that things up <laughs> we also making things right but it's okay <laughs> um, uh, but like he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him like through suffering and yeah. we've seen in other passages in the New Testament that suffering produces eternal joy and like produces like eternal consequences Um, and something that like uh, Jen Wilkin talked about earlier was like how like there are just sufferings that people go through um, and how like Jesus like comes and is near to us like in these sufferings and how we as the body are able to be like him and be near to other people in their sufferings and how like she said um um, okay, hold on, never mind. It's in James 1 where he talks about like letting steadfastness have its full effect from suffering. Suffering producing steadfastness, steadfastness having its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And it's like we've talked about earlier about how it's like he was made perfect, like through his suffering. And it's like suffering somehow is like one of those refining things that we mm-hmm. talked about before. That like we go through suffering and like Christ like makes something beautiful out of us. But like the refining of Christ, like the only thing it burnt was his human body. Like everything else was left there. Like right. because he was fully perfect. And yeah. how like when Christ Christ is refined like it is literally perfection that is left behind so like when it says he's made perfect is like only the perfect is left behind which is all of his soul all of his spirit yeah and like his heavenly body which i'd be very intrigued to see i'm also intrigued to see what my heavenly body looks like yes tbd um TBD. but um but just this idea that like him like being there like this suffering produced something that was like eternal and weighty yeah. and like he produces like heavy not heavy because they're hard but like heavy because they're worth a lot things Mm -hmm. like out of suffering and it's just something that i don't want to walk past suffering and not glean the fruit that the lord has produced in that season yeah yeah it can be so easy to just push suffering to the side and the back of your mind and be like this is fine I'll be fine when I get out of it and then not learn anything from it and well, not yeah. digest it as it's happening. And it's even like, you know, we th- we kind of talked about the other podcast episode that we did this week with Joya. And we were talking about singleness and stuff like that. If, if I'm in this season of singleness or in this case in a season of suffering and mm-hmm. Christ tells me I am with you always and he means it, that means he's with me in that season. But if I have my eyes so focused and longing after a different season, yeah. I miss him here now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there, there are certain sides that I get to see of Christ, like like the Christ that's in the garden that's offering loud cries and tears that's, that's in anguish. I miss that side of Christ in a season of suffering. I will never know him like that unless I fully embrace my own suffering. You this know. author that I follow, her name's Hannah Brincher. One of her like big quotes is, "I know we both know her, not yeah, actually, yeah, but yeah. kind of." But she like preaches, "Be where your feet are." Yeah, yeah. And I've had to preach myself like that to myself over and over again, especially this past year, because I've been longing for what's to come. Like right. in two weeks, I will be right. satisfied. In two weeks, like I'll be fine when I get to this point, when I get home or whatever. But I'd have to catch myself and be like. God is here now. God is yeah. not waiting for you in the future. Like yeah. He is with you right now, and He wants you to be with Him right now. So be where your feet are and right. be with Him where He is. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's also cool too that He's talking about um, 
like how he's talking about this idea of like being fully there and being fully present and like receiving those things, but then also like being able to sit in that moment and acknowledge like broke like what he says like discernment like by constant practice like what is good and evil mm-hmm. and like you have to go through suffering to be able to say like what is good and what is evil. Well, it's just like you read in James one like suffering leads to steadfastness. How are we ever going to become steadfast and if how we are we going to embrace our suffering? Yeah. yeah, and like how are we going to stand our ground and be able to point to anything? Because right. if I can't be steadfast, I ain't going to be able to say what's good or bad. I just am going to be tossed to and fro by the winds of change, and I'm literally going to be this crazy little kid who's just like I can't. Well, it even goes back to the food thing. Like, how are we supposed to move on to awesome lasagnas if we we can't even get milk down you know Kayla loves lasagna I do love lasagna Mm -hmm. but yeah but I think too with chapter five like one of the things that we have to remember is just this idea that like because he was appointed by God to be with us and because he suffered all these different things and because like he teaches us that through suffering all these kind of beautiful things happen like he is like I am with you and my spirit is with you and you need to tap into that spirit because like I am with you in suffering and like because I am with you and I give you wisdom when you ask to be able to say what is good and what is bad and like I give you rest when you like receive what I'm giving you like the spirit literally like gives like gives you understanding of his word and so he's not even coming out and saying this but it's like none of this could happen without spirit right well and we read in chapter two like we have the same source as Christ. We have mm-hmm. one source. Mm-hmm. And so whatever whatever spirit he had and whatever he was able to attain through that spirit is also available to us. And so if I if I don't see that in my life right now, somehow, some way I'm not accessing it, but it's not because it's not accessible to me. I'm just not tapping into it, you yeah. know? Um, but anyway, so yeah, do you have anything else, Caitlin? Are you not really? I'm good too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll um, start uh, Chapter 6 on Sunday, and we'll chapter be jumping six. into Chapter 6 next week. We it's just want to stress one. again, like, we don't want to jump in unless we're carrying all this stuff with us. Like, we don't, yeah. we, we've got to remember who Christ is as we filter through all of this. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got. You good? I'm good. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time.